0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Design Rewind Podcast. My name is Grant Varno and today I have with me Ruchi Upadie. Ruchi, why don't you go ahead and talk a bit about yourself and introduce yourself to everyone.
1: Of course. All right. Uh, Well, uh, hello, everybody. My name is Ruchi Upadhyay. Um, I am a technical marketing manager working at uh, ST Microelectronics. It is a largest electronics and semiconductor manufacturer based in uh, Santa Clara, California. Um, I am responsible for managing the imaging portfolio, meaning um, image sensors, time of flight and ALS. Um, I guess a, a little bit about my background. Uh, being a technical marketing person in Silicon Valley, uh, I help my clients, partners, customers uh, enable applications like AR, VR, autonomous vehicles, smart home devices. Uh, my background is in electrical engineering. Um, I started my uh, career as a PCB design validation engineer, and then image sensor product engineer at a semiconductor industry. And uh, while I was working as a project engineer, I realized I was kind of missing the big picture, right? So at my role, I always, always asked my manager questions like, where does this product go next? You know, so like, how did you come up with this idea? What's like the target market for these products? Or can I get an insight like on the customer journey and stuff, right? So all those questions led me to believe that I want to hold a position that gives me an outside looking in outlook, right? So I transitioned into a product management role and my life and career it changed since then so a few years later here i am representing the semiconductor industry and helping people define their next generation products
0: that's really cool um definitely i think i think a lot of what you've spoken to is probably uh they're, they're a they're key technologies that everyone's interested in right so exactly you know we're always talking about you know autonomous driving sensing imaging so um, for anyone who, who knows about that, it's a very exciting technology, Absolutely. um, but also, you know, the whole idea of the outside looking in, right. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that engineers really, um, uh, so it's hard if, if, if you are that kind of person as an engineer, you love doing your day-to-day technical work, but when you realize there's more to that component mm-hmm. and that you can't build a better thing until you see, that other side exactly exactly that's very exciting Mm -hmm. um but so let's let's talk about uh basically that i I read from your linkedin that you're very passionate about autonomous sensing and technology and that you 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 know whether Mm -hmm. it's a self-driving car or whatever it is um and every day we get all these updates on that could you maybe tell us more about this technology Mm -hmm. and what what got you so excited about it
1: absolutely i mean that is absolutely correct be I am I am passionate about new technology right okay. part of the reason like I said before I am based in Silicon Valley I've spent 10 years here my first job was here um, advancements in science medicine you know aerospace is is happening around me so you feel nothing but motivated to be a part of it to contribute to it Right. And now with these advancements, like how do you pick the one for you? Right. It's it's exciting. So, I mean, let me tell you a little like story here. Right. So um, back in the days uh, when I was working for a professor, he offered me an opportunity to tour this car manufacturing facility based in Fremont, California. It was none other than the Tesla. Tesla. Yes. (laughs) At that time. I knew the work Tesla was doing right, but I had no way of connecting to it. So I took that Tesla tour. It was like a two hour tour going from, you know, A to Z all over the the, the facility. And I was awestruck. I mean, I look at, you know, looking at pieces of metal, just coming together to make a beautiful car is one thing but then it's, it drives itself. It is smarter than some of my aunts and uncles driving the car. So so that's where my first encounter happened with autonomous driving. So when I learned about it, I just, I just went towards it. So that's where my passion about this, this field started. Then I learned about autonomous vehicles, especially the technology, what it takes to make these, right? So with that, let's do maybe like a, like a quick deep dive into this right so sure. when you talk sure. about autonomous driving or self-driving there are levels to it right it's their level zero all the way to level five when you say level zero one two you're In in those levels, the person driving is always responsible for the vehicles operation, you know, you must supervise the technology at all times, and you must be able to take control when 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 uh, in a a critical situation, I must say. And then there are level three, four and five onwards where um, the automated driving kicks in. That's when the technology takes full control um, uh, without any human supervision. So it's important to know these levels. And if you look at um, you know the self-driving market and this industry today, we're at a, a good two slash three level. Um, according to stats and according to way we're racing towards it, I think in the next 10, 15 years, we're, we're gonna be very close to reaching level four. Level five is still, you know, it's, it's, it's you're, 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 you don't have a human in the car. In a way, so wow. it, it it takes few years. Now the question comes: Why do we need this? Why do we need to make our cars smart? So, if you look at the NHTSA, which is, um, if I remember it right, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, they report that car car accidents happen every 60 seconds which is almost 5 million accidents across the nation on a yearly basis. So it's a bigger problem. You know, yeah, wow. we we need to solve that. So our goal here is to take these machines and make it more human-like. Not to overtake it, but work as a companion, right? Because I truly believe like if humans and technology come together, we can solve problems. So, the first thing we need to do is make these cars smart like us. So we need to give them some, some sort of s- senses, right? So senses, if you see, one of the most impo- important sense is to see. So how do you give eyes to your car? Because your eyes are collecting information, you know, understanding depth, understanding near, far, foreseeing action, reaction. So this is where I come in. So you need a camera, you need LiDAR, you need radar, you need computer vision, you need AI, et cetera, to gather this information and help the car make predictions. So overall, in conclusion today, if you say see companies like Waymo, uh, you know they have set example for what the future would, would be like. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, I absolutely agree that is critical that we solve that problem of of, the the car accidents that you know how many times i i remember i remember california (laughs) drivers are a a unique breed but here here in the south if anyone's been to the south southern drivers are another unique breed of people so Mm -hmm. i absolutely agree it's it's um Mm -hmm. it's solving that problem but it's also it it is exciting because like you said lidar and, and imaging sensing you know giving eyes to something to react Um, exactly and yeah
1: and it's it's only it's only working in your benefit right because see as a human we're (laughs) the amount of distractions we have today in our lives it's you know you have two eyes focused on the front but these technologies only gonna help you predict some actions happening ahead of time so now you have your eyes yourself the cameras a, a car in particular has about 8 to 12 cameras, you know, so it's actually helping you kind of avoid those accidents happen and solve that, that problem and and kind of bridge, or I guess, lower, lower the gap 'Cause it's 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 a lot of accidents. I mean, I myself, I if I I can count on my fingers how many times I've driven on a 237 two, two highway and witnessed a lot of lot of accidents and like crazy drivers around. So yeah, I, I, I agree that 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 problem needs to be solved and that's kind of like how I I got into it. It's it's the Silicon Valley, it's the you know, trying to solve the bigger problems is is what makes me passionate about this.
0: And so, does uh, out of curiosity, does where where does things like because we I think on cars we currently already have like lane assist. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of like you know the the lights will flash and beep at Mm -hmm. you if you're merging. There's a car next to you. Mm -hmm. So uh, are things like that and the stuff that keeps you in the lane? Do those go into this zero through five definition you've talked about, or is that separate?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So when you talk about Auto cruise and uh, and auto park, you know. Also, trying to you know the car automatically stops if if uh, someone is in the front or not. So these are all parts. And then uh, what what I guess we need to do is kind of look at a broader definition of what level zero means. Level zero is with it it, it doesn't have anything. It's the right. the the most advancement level zero has is if the driver has the seat belt on or not so if your car oh, okay. has that check your level 0 done level 2 is your you're getting more into oh if if our passengers have the seat belt on if i know if the really? doors open or not if someone's super close to me uh, to my car or not. So these are level twos and those auto assists and uh, and that lane lane changes, they all fall under level two slash level threes. That's where most okay. of these advancements have been made. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting because I was, I just rented a car recently and, uh-huh. you know, it, it's, it's done that. And it, it's, it's, it's always surprising when, when you get in the new car, and it first does that. And you just hear this loud beep at you and you're like,
1: "Exactly, that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it starts to get oh. annoying first, but then you realize like, you know, you're <laughs> at a situation one time and that beep helps you. And you're like, okay, now I know why this yeah. is there for <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think I've seen on a couple of them. You can actually adjust the distance at which the beat that it starts to oh, do yes, that. Yes. Right, So yeah. that's, that's kind of interesting too. Yep. Um, so, so a uh, Obviously, electrical you know, electrical engineer. You entered, you saw Tesla as a facility as an undergrad. Um, what was that transition from engineering to product management and technical marketing? Because you know, you meet a lot of engineers, and they are very technically minded. They love. I love. I'm an engineer. I love my equations. Mm-hmm. I love all these things. But the transition from there to a more broad focused maybe maybe soft skills focused position Mm -hmm. describe describe that maybe talk about that a bit
1: sure yeah so um yeah that you know i i'm an engineer by practice too you know i love my work i um i i was more hardware focused than software focused right so i love to Kind of break things open, see how things are working, and and whatnot. But um, I, I had, I feel like it's it's a personal choice, right? So for me, it was more use case driven, right? And today in the market, I feel like, uh, or in the job market, you could say as well, there is a there is a huge gap of people who can who are great engineers. That's one, and then there are great business people, right? And then there's this small gap in the middle where it's you, you. You need a person who's capable of not only understanding the engineering, understanding how the hardware works, but able to translate that to a person who's solely business focused, right? So that's where I come in. And for me, I always wanted to be that middle person, being able to communicate, hey, this is what the issue is. This is what the issue that R&D is facing, and going to my VP for example in explaining that issue right so that's where my interest or I guess that's where how I transitioned myself in there yes I, I'm not in in the labs as much as I was sure. I used to be sure. uh, but I'm also I, I, I'm not in the meetings as much as I'm supposed to be because I'm being that middle person I am at a position where I am responsible to replying to the key stakeholders now these could be, my pe- uh, team and R&D team internally, my applications engineering team, or key stakeholders outside of the company, right? My customers, my partners. So I feel like that. What I'm doing here is kind of bridging that gap, and I and I love to kind of be here and have like a a global view instead of like a micro view on a on a product. So.
0: I I agree with that. I think the global view is very important. Um, It's funny when I when I think on it, Mm -hmm. the that thing that makes me realize I like the global view is I remember being in school and that I actually liked teaching a subject. Uh I liked being able to teach other people things. Maybe I'm sure I'm curious if you had that as well.
1: I did. Um, You know, one one great advice that um, I got from one of my professor and and a peer of mine was. you know, if you can't explain a, 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 whatever your understanding is of, of a certain thing, right? If you can't explain right. that to another person, you you, you d- d- do not know that yourself, right? So for me, right. when I'm trying to talk to you about autonomous driving, if you say, oh, yes, I understand, that's when I'm like, okay, check <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, now I, I, I kind of understand how things go. So I feel like that's an important skill to have. And, and and that's what kind of going back to your question, right? You said technical marketing and product marketing, right? right. So when you say product marketing, you're solely focused on a product. And the use case, it enables, right? right. So say you come into me, say, oh, I, 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 I need a proximity part. So I'll be like, oh yeah, you need a proximity sensor. Here, here's a piece for you, and then you can go ahead and see where else can I use that proximity sensor. But then when you do technical marketing, which is what I do, you're focused on a multi-product approach, right? So, so you now okay. you're you're going to come in and say, hey, hey, Ruchi, I need to build a smart fridge. I'll tell you, hey, Grant, I'll. I can get you a proximity sensor. I can get you a camera. I can get you other other pieces, and now bring this all together to to bring to you like a full portfolio approach, right? So so okay. that's where the different difference lies. And again, it's your choice. If you want to be more product focused, you could you know you could start there that's with a with a very product focus you get deep dive into one technology which is great i i worked as a product manager before and i i i was personally very very happy with it because i learned a lot about that one specific product which is a great skill to have but then advancements happen, I turned into technical marketing because now I wanted to look at a car as a whole, not just focus on a console, for example, but look at the complete car, learn about how a car makes a decision, what are different technologies that need to be in that car to make that car fully autonomous. So, uh,
0: Wow, that's very well said. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's a great distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I... I I tend to find that the people who are really good teachers also tend to be the people who are um, really good at, at getting that point to others and, and bridging the gap between business and uh, technical engineering. But it's, it's not just about teaching. Like you can write all these equations and explain the derivation. It's teaching like succinctly getting that key point across.
1: Exactly. Uh, Not,
0: you know, not just being like, Oh, it's a, it's a, Trick some on page five, or whatever, you know? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <Like
1: it's... laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, you gotta yeah. know, right? It's like it's not about like how, right? It's like why are you doing it? It's the why. You gotta ask all the time. So whenever you're working on a product, you're working on your your school stuff, for example. It's like for me, you know, when I was. I, I had a hard time with physics. I was like, oh my God, I just do not understand this subject. Like, I feel like people who understand physics is they, they are geniuses in my, you know, in my, in my opinion. But, uh, but it's like when I started looking at it instead of just solving a question, when I started looking at the why, right? Why do I need to solve this? Or why do I, what's the outcome of this equation? That's when I started to like, okay, now I understand it. Right. So if teachers or if, if, uh, you know, you yourself can teach you to look at the why first, then how I think it, it, it really, it really helps expedite your, your process.
0: I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think that's great. So I guess when you focus on, on uh, that marketing of that new product, does any of that Come from the feedback, uh, or, or do you give feedback to R and D? So does R and D come to you and say, "We want to build this product," and then you go, "You know, here is what the customers are saying." Mm-hmm. So are you are you part of that kind of feedback loop into R and D?
1: So yeah, I uh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like they're R&D for a a reason, you know, and our goal is to give them that feedback and feedback only helps make that product technology or whatever that is you're working on to um, make it a better version, right? So I think the most important aspect in how well, uh, I mean, the aspect that I focus on is how well my stakeholder is adapting to, to this product. Right. So when I give, say, R&D came up with this brand new brand new product and I, I go I go give it to that stakeholder and then I watch them go through that process. I look at is the evaluation process smooth? What were the hurdles that they faced while evaluating my product? And then uh, most importantly, did it solve the problem that they initially came to me with? Right. So if it's kind of hitting that checklist, then it's like, okay, yes, I guess the product helped. Even if it was positive, I still go back to my R&D team and I tell them, this is what worked. So we should continue to kind of uh, make that happen again. Or this is the aspect that did not work. Like say you have an evaluation board, for example, right? So customers come in like, so I, I work in a, in a camera industry, right? So when you look right. at camera, you're looking at, when I say camera, everyone thinks about, oh, like, look at your cannons or like, it's, th- that's a complete product. When I right. say camera, I mean an I- image sensor, which is just, it's it, it, it's an image sensor. It's a die, right? So yeah. when, if I give that to a person, they're like, what, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with this, right? Right. So what we do is to make it easier, we put it on a PCB board, we make the whole evaluation kit, give them a bunch of software, hardware, so that they can play with, and it's like a dummy of the end product, right? So we give them that, and that's how they evaluate the whole thing. So for me, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, were they able to easily, easily uh, understand how to, how to evaluate that? So that was, if I go back to my project days, that was like one of the the biggest feedback that we gave to our r&d team that hey these guys on the other end they are very reliant on the end product like if i give them pieces of this camera they won't be able to evaluate it to its full potential right. because right so goal here is to make, let's give them like a like a dummy product of how this would look like and then have them evaluate it And I think in that way we'll be able to show the performance of our parts, even, even in a better way. So, so yeah, those feedbacks kind of go back and forth and end of the day, it's always about how the person I'm giving this product to reacts to it. What's their journey been like, um, how the process of, uh, going from A to B, uh, looks like with them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like everything you said there, and I I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I I find most important when selling or marketing something is that realistically what you're trying to offer is usually a solution of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, but everyone everyone has a different need for a solution, exactly. and so I, I think you know not everyone sells so for instance the solution in your case would be like like the car is the end solution exactly but you obviously can't just build a test car right (laughs) (laughs) you know so so it has to be like okay what can i offer modularly right what can Mm -hmm. i offer as a module as a test kit that really gives them that uh you know that ability to do what they need to and then from there they can tweak and design exactly yeah
1: exactly
0: um so yeah, so I I, I like your approach. It sounds sounds like what your approach is is very much this, um, you know, how can I solve their problem for them already, right? On like a small, on like a slightly bigger scale than what my my current product, right? Because your product is a little semiconductor die that's mm-hmm. tiny,
1: yeah,
0: right. But how can I give them the macro version of what they later need, exactly, so that they can put my product in the exact place it needs to be. And I think that's i think that's really really important
1: yeah no absolutely uh, and in, even before you solve a problem you need to see what the problem is right so i think today we're we're definitely seeing these uh you know uh very creative ways of handling handling uh product problems right so it's 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 good to i feel the best way has always been to whoever the person who's testing on the other end like it could be a customer my partner or even my internal teams Like give them that product uh, kind of watch them play play with it right and and that's when you'll see okay this is what works this is this is what does not work so before you expand or go mass production just watch how few people play play with it and and and, and then kind of go back to your product and and kind of uh, to think about all the re- redesign or any of that that you have to do. So,
0: absolutely, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. So, in your job, it mm-hmm. sounds like you you have this this technical detail aspect, but you also have maybe a writing or a social engagement aspect to it, possibly social media and content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you strike that balance of you know it's not a textbook. But it is insightful enough that I, I can learn from that.
1: Uh, that's a, that, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you know I I feel like I mean technical details on a first meeting or a first contact doesn't work. You know, okay. you cannot assume that other person is up to date with that particular technology that you're working with is, right So, for me if i there are a lot of things i want to i want to learn today and i'm curious about today but if someone just comes with me at with details it's it's very difficult <laughs> to 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 gauge with it right so i feel like like i've said multiple times before as well it's just you always got to start with the bigger picture leave the technical details behind focus on the positive aspect focus on what your product is the problem it is trying to solve, is that problem really a problem, right? Uh, getting your point across, you know, you need, you need to use, you need to bring the use case in first, right? Be creative, use use uh, visual cues, you know, in this virtual world now that we're in, I, I don't think we're going back to that, uh, what it was uh, 2018, 2019, now it's all, whatever you see um, I mean uh, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is trying to trying to make the make the user understand the product first the problems the use cases first before you you get get into the technical details so striking a balance is very important to be honest that's one aspect I kind of uh, deal with every day right because it's like yeah. how much detail is too much. Right. So, so striking that balance is, is important in my way. And I feel like you always have to, I mean, kind of concluding it, you always have to start with uh, where the product has been, what it's doing, and then kind of take a step back uh, to what this product is. How do we make it? Why do we make it? What is the core of it is? Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I love that sense of global focus on on everything, whether it is the engineering side or it's talking to people about the product. I think that global focus is is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't, I don't know how much of your job actually involves with, deals with social media, but I am curious what your thoughts are on technical marketing and social media. Uh, Obviously, LinkedIn is very popular. That's how we came in contact. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I mean, even Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all these places. Um,
1: Yeah, well, um, unfortunately, I do not interface with a lot of social media aspect of it. But, uh, I mean, I I, I have uh, my team who solely works on that. Um, I, I mean, you know, I would not. I, I, because I don't work in this side of things, so I wouldn't sure. uh, I wouldn't uh, comment on it. But I think one advice I could give, and I would like to give to the people who are focused on this market, is, you know, with these TikToks and you know Instagram and all these things, I feel like people's attention span has become like ten, ten seconds from where it was before. Right. Because yeah. you're so used to seeing like for me myself, like I, I watch a video after 50 seconds or a minute. I'm like, OK, it's too long. Right? <laughs> so people's attention span has gone lower. This is where the creative, creative generation of our our time has come up where they're making put like now your task is, OK, I know my user's attention span is 40 seconds. How do I get my point across and how do I. Get my technology across in that forty seconds. I gotta be creative. I gotta make sure it's to the point. I gotta make sure it's not four or five minute long. So I feel like that's where we're trending towards, right? So yeah. it's it's. I mean, that's what I feel. And I, 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 on this sure. situation, I'm on the user side, not on the <laughs> <laughs> um, the other side. So I feel like yeah, focusing more on on uh, quick quality uh point across videos then long technical um uh no end goal videos
0: (laughs) no i i I absolutely (laughs) agree with that i think you know it's it's interesting i've I've seen other people like bring their tiktok and instagram video footage to linkedin and so you're seeing this kind of cross-pollination on yes. the platform, and, and and you're you're kind of like i i don't know maybe I, I feel like even just like a year or two ago it wasn't really acceptable to bring your tiktok to it, LinkedIn, yeah. and, and now now it's like the the highlights you know of, yeah. of linkedin are are these people with tiktok so yeah i yeah i i agree i think it's i think it's interesting to see it marketed on those platforms because mm-hmm. I don't see a. I, I think I still see pushback from people on it. Yes. Of maybe more traditional, traditional marketers of like this. Mm-hmm. This isn't how we do it. We should go to the trade magazine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the trade magazine, but um, I you know again seeing seeing LinkedIn posts and seeing things go viral so quickly on there. Yes. Is, I'm, it. Me him For me, I'm I'm curious how you know other people view that space. I feel yeah. like it is a white space still.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean you know the, there is always a niche for for those those long videos because end of the day if you really want to to uh, pioneer in something you got to understand it in in and out right but sure. in just in terms of trying to market your product just in terms to be creative i feel like those short videos have really taken off and i feel like that has become like the new way of promoting right before it was who here now reads banners or holdings or uh, i mean maybe people do <laughs> sorry I, you know for me i get more sure. of my information from these short videos um o- online so it's it it reaches me faster than it would when i were to drive on a freeway or see a holding about some some sort of juice that they're they're selling right so yeah
0: yeah No, I think it's funny. I think someone, I was listening to another podcast and someone made the comment of like, even, you know, like, like basically saying that the billboard ads when we're driving aren't even worth it because even when we're supposed to be driving, we're still looking at our phones. So
1: (laughs) my comment on that was, I feel like don't put more, don't put interesting ads on there because I get distracted. (laughs) <laughs> I'm driving. I'm driving, and s- s- y- y- you mentioned to me, "Oh, with one iPhone, there's another iPhone free." So I'm distracted by that, <laughs> right? So for me, maybe what we can do going forward with this autonomous driving space have like a scanner on there that kind of scans the holding around you, collects it in a folder for when you're home. You get to see all all these all these uh, cr- <laughs> funny or great advertising that you missed on your way, right? So it, like it's that. kind of adding like- to our, I feel like those great holdings are adding to our issues that we're trying to solve on one side, but, but again, <laughs> uh, respect to, to all that, all that creative work that they're doing. So.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I, I've never thought of that, but I like that idea of, of <laughs> scanning and compiling them.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: any goals for 2022 personally, professionally?
1: um well goals i think on a personal level you know i it's an exciting time in the market right now there's so much new technology coming out my personal goal is to just kind of continue to grow in stuff that i'm working on there's a long long road ahead continue to learn more continue to see how maybe in future maybe when i am 20 30 years in my career how can i make a difference in the society. because gathering all this knowledge is of no use if I cannot put it to use one day, I swear. Sure. Uh, I don't know if it's me, me or my mom talking from the back, but,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I'm just, it's, you know, it's still that early part of the year. So curious if, if you had any specific ones. Um, last question I got for you is just any advice for engineers and R&D people working with, people in positions like yourself what's a better way they can work with you
1: um that's a great question well I guess one advice I would give people or something that I did personally and really worked for me was if you have a certain role in mind if you have a certain goal in mind find a person who is doing something similar to that For me, I knew I wanted to, like I told you, I wanted to pick this role that is kind of a middle person between the technical and the business side. I want to be able to relay that knowledge back and forth. So I looked for people in in that role. I, I saw what they were doing, what it takes to be in that role, or would I, is this where I see myself in the next few years, right? So before you take that leap or before you jump in, pick a, pick a, role model in your say in your company or in in your in your friend friend circle, try to find that role model and then kind of observe, see what works, see what doesn't work, and then kind of jump jump into it, right. And then the second way to is when you are in it, or the technology or the product or whatever you're focusing on, spend time to really learn that it really pays off. Because in a role like mine, people come to you with with problems, with, with uh, you know, oh, I, I was trying to build this and now I'm stuck at this position. It's no point if I don't know my technology well, you know? It's no sure. point if I say, yeah, sure, you could use a camera, but what resolution, <laughs> what size, why this, what platform, what AI would you be using? So if I don't know what I'm talking about, it kind of takes away the whole, um whole uh you know amazingness of this role so keep your minds open eyes open be really aware of the technology you're focusing on pick one and just kind of deep dive into it and really learn it to its core because that's how you kind of you know build that learning blocks and then is when you'll understand where what you want to do with it. Like I I have a lot of uh, students that come to me and talk to me that, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm in I'm like two years away from graduating or one year away from graduating. I have no idea what I want to do. I mean, I, I know I want to do something in the engineering field, but I have no idea what I want to do. So I was in the same position. I'm like, I'm taking all these classes, but what's next? Like, what do I do from here? So my approach was Let's pick an industry first. So for me, I remember this is, I swear to God. So I was, I was uh, one semester away from graduating. I did a Google search. What are the top 10 <laughs> next blooming industries or fascinating industries, you know, and on yeah. there was a bunch of things, a lot of stuff in aerospace and all that in the airspace. I was like, oh, too much physics. Oh, I don't know. And then I saw <laughs> autonomous driving and I was like, that's cool. So then I picked autonomous driving, and then I broke autonomous driving. Then I looked at jobs, you know, people who were 10 years in the industry in autonomous driving, what were the skill set that they need to be in that domain? So I was like, okay, that's the skill set you need. Then I look at my courses. Do I have all these? Am I able to – do I – Am I on the right track for that or not? And I was like, okay, I have computer science courses. I have hardware. I have electrical engineering. It it covers a a lot of these aspects. So when I saw that, I broke it down. So I kind of made my path towards that segment. So it's best to, again, be a person looking from outside in than like starting from inside looking out. Because if you look from the inside and going out, there's a lot of options today especially if you're in California, there's so many things <laughs> happening. you cannot pick one, right So pick up right. pick a segment, break it down, see if you're on the right track or not and then and then kind of reach. One advice think, became five but
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that's I, I honestly I think that's awesome advice. I think that is you know I think the best people are passionate people and so mm-hmm. um, I absolutely agree with you on on everything you've said. I also, I had a very similar situation. I, you know, I remember leaving grad school and being like, I don't, like, I thought I wanted to do all this stuff. Uh-huh. I kind of studied it and was like, I don't care about this or the technology is not where I want to be or you know, whatever. And I, I I didn't quite take the route you did. I, I had a slightly different one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, pro- I, oh, if, if I had to compare the two, I'd probably recommend yours <laughs> <laughs> over mine. Yeah. But um, I essentially just said, I'm going to try and taste everything mm-hmm. and i'm going to try every opportunity i can that sounds interesting everything that sounds mm-hmm. cool so like i had never done my first job was a cv cvd chemical vapor deposition mm-hmm. job kind of semiconductor like job and mm-hmm. i was like i've never done this before yeah and i did it and it was it was cool and i did other aspects of that job i liked and some i didn't like and so then when i went to my current job where i do Designing of like lenses for LEDs and laser diodes. Oh, nice! I'm Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's, I'm like, this is cool. And I I took every every job I've, you know, of the two jobs I've had, of those, I took bits and pieces of, I like this, I don't like that, and I put it through a filter. Mm -hmm. And so, my end goal is be patient and put it keep keep refining until you you know end up in a place where you Mm -hmm. know ideally when I am ten years down the road like you are, I you know i have a much clearer picture but Mm -hmm. i absolutely agree with what you said and and pick an industry funnel out Mm -hmm. there.
1: you know it's it's like it's it's there are two different approaches like there's no there's no harm in in kind of first putting yourself out there like no one's holding you accountable you got to pick this this one domain (laughs) or you got to do it this way it's like it's a personal choice you could even go explore more i i personally would have loved to do that right but it's it's just like different situations and i was an international student so i migrated from india uh to to united states here so i didn't have some luxury of time in hand to kind of (laughs) explore more and I wish I did to be honest I think I would have definitely acquired more skills if I had that that flexibility but then for me for people who have like a limited time not limited time it's a bad way to say it but like uh, you know uh, limited because they're they're like oh I got to do grad school first or before grad school in between when I finish my undergrad and my grad school I have like few years I have this time frame I have to really pick what I want to do so in that in those cases focused uh focused path really works out I have I've I felt like for me I I was like I have two years I gotta gotta figure it out so in that two years I was like okay this is what I I think I'm passionate about and that tesla example really helped me i was like it just i'm glad like what my path was and what i am doing right now really really coincides so for a small amount of small time periods i think that that focused path approach really works but if you have time please do it please explore <laughs> what you want to do before you get kind of uh, stuck into one one like loop you know so yeah
0: i absolutely agree with that i i, I think um from top from my experience talking to international students i you know i i it is it, it sounds very stressful that whole process of i gotta get the job i have to get you know everything signed off mm-hmm. and, and, and that process my my boss at my first job uh was an international student and and he had a whole he has all kinds of stories about that process mm-hmm. and the the sheer terror of like can i can i get something done in time so that I can stay like I I absolutely sympathize and empathize with Mm -hmm. that must be terrifying so
1: it's like a a timer on your back I call it (laughs) (laughs) but that timer only worked in my favor because I feel like for me personally when I put timers on my task I, I I'm able to complete them in that time. So if that timer ticks out and then I feel guilty, I was like, Oh my God, I wasn't able to finish that task at a certain time. So I take it in a positive way, but yes, it was (laughs) crazy. Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Richie. I really appreciate having you on. Um, Is, do you have, I know you have a LinkedIn presence, but does anyone, do you have like a, do you have a a Twitter or, or anything else that people can follow you at, or maybe just your company, if they have social media, they can follow
1: um, I, I think, for now, LinkedIn is the best way to reach out to me. Um, I am only active on there. Um, and then, um, I, as I mentioned, I work for ST Microelectronics. Um, if if anyone's interested, I do put on some videos out there, which is about kind of just explaining some of the technology and portfolio I support. Um, so just just follow ST.com, and uh, they should be able to get all the all the information from there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you once again for being on.
1: Of course. Uh, We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much, Grant.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Design Rewind Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please follow the show on Anchor, Apple, or Spotify. Give me a review and follow me on Twitter at Design Rewind Pod. Would you or someone you'd know like to be on the show? Shoot me an email at designrewindpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me or hit me up on LinkedIn. Thanks.